1: Hey, everybody, welcome to today's podcast. Here I have my guest Reggie Paquette from RevealBot. RevealBot is a software automation tool that helps you scale your page campaigns, such as on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and I think Google Ads as well. RevealBot is a tool that we use here internally at Boy Media. It's a great tool. We love using it. And Reggie's one of the marketing managers there. Hey, Reggie, how are you doing today? Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. So, Reggie, I know that. you started recently at RevealBot and kind of you're taking on a lot of growth initiatives. So yeah, I guess for now, just tell us about your background and then tell us a little bit about your work, kind of what you're doing and sort of like how you came to Reveal.
2: Yeah. So I started at RevealBot about five months ago. And like you said, you nailed it. We make an automation tool to help advertisers and and advertisers on Google Ads and Snapchat automate a lot of the monotonous day-to-day Uh, Management so that people can have more time to work on other things and and high impact activities. So it's great for agencies because it helps them manage more clients um, with less overhead. And it's great for people on the brand side because they can squeeze out more ROI using automation that works 24 7. Joined RevealBot because I had a big interest in Facebook ads because I come from the B2B world in marketing, not B2C. And I did B2B Facebook ads for the last SaaS company I was at, and uh, was really impressed with how it all worked and, and the whole world of, of Facebook ads because I was pretty new to it. And uh, I did pretty well there. And so it became uh, something that was interesting to me. But yeah, other than that, I've been in B2B my entire career pretty much in marketing. And so when I came across ReviewBot, it was really interesting to me because yeah, I was already in Facebook ads, a sector I really liked helping marketers. Obviously, a persona I know well because I'm a marketer myself. And I really like the design that they have. And it's a fantastic product. You use it and you love it, as you told me. So I couldn't help but join. And yeah, I've been there five months and already making some pretty good progress.
1: No, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. We love Reveal. It's I guess I've told you before, It's we, we couldn't live without it. It's one of the best tools that we use. Yeah, and I know yeah. for, for you, Reggie, when you started at Reveal, Bob, what what was kind of your sort of role coming into Reveal, what was like sort of
2: that position you took on? And are you the only
1: marketer right now or is it you have a whole team that works with you?
2: Yeah, I'm the only marketer there. And so, you know, they had some ideas on what to focus on. Kind of what I did when I I came on and, and what I do anytime I'm coming into a new team or a new company is kind of analyze everything that they're doing, what they've done before, what's worked before. And I help try and find from my perspective what is the next opportunity or what's the highest priority thing to work on? And so one thing I found was that a lot of their search traffic had dropped from a few months before I started, like 50% or something like that. It's pretty bad. And so I did some digging and did some auditing to figure out what caused that. And so the first three months, that was my top priority is getting that traffic back and getting those, you know, new signups and and new customers back from organic search and so that was my big focus and it was basically the cause of it was just a new website change they changed their website looks fantastic but there was just some small things that were off about the structure the seo part of it some pages didn't they didn't bring some old pages onto the new site and stuff like that and so i fixed all those issues and i was able to get that traffic back and more so in just three months we doubled our traffic
1: Okay. That's great. Without yeah. Pain. From yeah. what we're seeing too. Yeah. Like we do, we do SEO here too, like very little for our website. It's very interesting that you said about the website design, website change. We actually did a website redesign as well about maybe a year ago. And even though we tried to copy exactly everything as in like, come, kind of what we were saying before, the structure, the pages, the redirects, right? All that stuff is super important. But we also saw a drop in our SEO traffic as well. And, and I was freaking out. I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do?
2: Yeah. It can get pretty tricky. Um, before we did any changes, there's. did you use this tool called Screaming Frog? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Screaming Frog? Yeah, I love Screaming Frog. It's amazing. Yeah, it's super good. And so I took, you know, I, I exported that into a spreadsheet and luckily we had the old website still. It was like saved, you know, somewhere else so they could just put it up on a test domain. And so then I ran Screaming Frog on that too and looked at all the differences. And then I looked at the differences in Google Search Console. And so I could nail down exactly what URLs, you know, didn't exist anymore, what the new ones were, what specific URLs on the old site were receiving clicks from what keywords and then what dropped off. So I was able to like do some forensic analysis and figure out exactly where the drop was and then how we can get that back basically.
1: I think what you mentioned is like two things that's super crucial. I think the the listeners should take attention. When you're doing a new website redesign, I think it's very important for you to keep a copy of the old domain. So depending on obviously the hosting that you're using, whatever it is, sometimes when you put a new domain, it deletes your stuff. But what you should do, I'm not sure how you guys did the reveal, but you should at least have a local copy that you can sort of look back, you know, kind of like exactly what Reggie did in case something does happen. You can always put the old one up. It's funny because... I made a copy of an old domain and I was talking to Wilson, who's another partner here at Void Media. I was like, hey, if you don't get our traffic back in a month, I'm putting the old website back. Yeah. and Yeah,
2: sometimes you have to do that.
1: Yeah, and, and I would say for you, based on all the stuff that you kind of like experience and learn from this, this sort of project, how do you think someone should make a new website? Of course, you want to have a new website, right? Mm-hmm. And, but what, what, what are some learnings that you would tell our listeners about if you have a new website? How will be the process for that? Because I've heard yeah. some things I want to maybe discuss how we, how you we would do it now.
2: So my my favorite analogy of how SEO works is kind of, have you ever played the game Civilization? Yeah, a little bit, very little. You know what it is, right? You, yep. you build a city and you try and make that city big. So SEO and like your website is kind of like a, a new city on a blank map. And how SEO works is, you know, you need to build content on your website to kind of attract visitors, right? And kind of like a city you build attractions in your city to get more people to come to your city and live in your city, right? And once you have, you know, all these attractions, you build roads, which are kind of like links, and then you can get a a big city or a big website. And so what's really important is to not be shooting yourself in the foot with a bad website, because that is literally the, um, it could be a bottleneck if it's not working right. And so, I like to focus on the technical side because it makes the ROI so much higher for other things like your blog content and all that stuff that people love to talk about and work on. But if your website is not optimized and built the right way, then you're just hurting your total potential that you could have. And so when you're thinking about optimizing or or I should say building a new website, you should think not just about the design only, but also how it's built. And so I think most popular right now is still WordPress and there's a lot of new things coming out um, like uh, Webflow and static sites are really popular. That's my favorite. And basically there's tools that you can, that you can use to plug in a website's URL and it scans how fast your website is, whether you're using structured data correctly and just the overall, you know, how well it's doing. And then of course there's other things too, like the UX and the UI and making sure that it's built to move, you know, people in the right direction to either buy your product or a contact form or whatnot. So the, the first thing is looking at the infrastructure of the website, making sure it's built right. And then you can think about content strategy beyond that.
1: Yeah, no, that perfectly makes sense to me. Sort of like exactly what you said, structure is important. Like how deep are your URLs nested? If you have an old website, you're moving to the new one, are you going to improve that navigation? Because that's going to affect your SEO. And then another thing that I think that's really important when you're making a new website, especially for SEO, is just making sure you have your redirects properly in place, especially when you're creating new pages or updating pages. I think that's important and that's something that we learned. And something Mm -hmm. that I would do differently for here at Void Media, we want to make a new website. So how we're thinking about it now is we're going to redesign one page at a time and then put that live. And we're going to start off with the pages that get the least amount of traffic until we get to the pages that get the most amount of traffic. That way, the pages are bringing us traffic and conversions. They don't get affected while we're sort of developing the up pages. What are your thoughts about that?
2: Yeah, I've done that before too. One of my jobs before, we did that. We did it that way. We redesigned one page at a time just because the website was so big and everything was so important. We didn't want to break anything. And so it was just easier for the whole team and all the other people who had, vested interest in how well that page did could just kind of rest assured that it was gonna be okay. So if you had the luxury to do that, that's great. Sometimes you're gonna have a boss or or a client that's gonna wanna redesign everything all at once and just go live with a big bang, Um, which can also work too. You just have to make sure you have, you do it right. Like with the 301 redirects, you're not just redirecting every single old page to to your homepage or something like that. One of the challenges too is when you're changing kind of the structure of your pages, So like when they made the change from the old RevealBot website to the new one, the homepage was ranking for like Facebook ads automation. And then when they made the switch, we had added functionality to automate Google ads and Snapchat ads. And so the homepage wasn't anymore. We didn't want the homepage to rank for that term anymore. We wanted our specific Facebook ad services page to rank for that. And so that's been kind of a challenge to get that back where, that service page is what's coming up. Cause that's the one that's built to convert people who are searching that phrase. Right. Yep. So those things also have to be taken into consideration too.
1: I think you make a good point there. I want to know what your thoughts on having your homepage rank for keywords. What do
2: you think about that? If you have a main keyword, sure. You can put it on your, on your homepage, or you can try and rank your homepage for that keyword. I, sometimes it doesn't make sense though. Because the homepage has multiple purposes and goals that you want people to do once they land on it, you know as marketers or salespeople, obviously they're going to want that page to be high converting. Your business development team is going to want it to help people get more or, or for partners to request you know a partnership or for employees to potential employees to apply, right? So there's so many different purposes that a homepage can serve as. It might be better to make a separate page for like a key service that you can optimize way better and way stronger for that specific keyword. So that's kind of the approach I would really take because you can have like, like at Voynita, you can have your homepage, try and rank for Facebook ads agency, but that's going to be so difficult to rank for. It just might not make sense to even try. And it probably makes more sense to rank for other things and more specialties that you do.
1: That totally makes sense. Yeah. Even for us, we struggle with that too for here boy media, like our homepage ranks for like Facebook ads agency, stuff like that. But, Oh, nice. But even exactly what you said, the homepage is really a page for discovery about the brand. And yeah. it's more about leading them to the sub pages that you do want to rank because exactly what you said, the subpages that are supposed to rank for that keyword that you want are pages where you probably want to optimize and change and do A B tests. And you don't want to be doing that on your homepage. That kind of gives you like the general overview of your website and your brand. And most people, or at least most business owners, don't really want to be changing their homepage because it's like, mm-hmm. this is like their site. Whereas a subpage, they're more happy to change because it's a place where conversions happen. And it also goes back to kind of what you said, like you guys want to rank for like Facebook ads automation. You want to be able to test messaging on that page and not have to worry about like, do I need to worry about Snapchat messaging on here too? Does it make sense? Does it flow? Where you really want that page to just be all about Facebook ads automation and making sure that you have a great call to actions on there.
2: Yeah, exactly. The branding is a huge part of it. You want to have a good first impression for people who come to your website searching your brand name because you have no idea what they're searching for or why they're searching your brand name. And if you try to make your homepage like a landing page, it's not going to give the best impression because it might come off as kind of, you know, a sleazy sales squeeze page type of thing. I made this mistake at one of my previous jobs where we wanted to increase the conversion rate of our homepage and because it was really low. And so we made it look like a landing page and it kind of just hurt the amount of people who started applying for jobs to partnerships and PR because people didn't, you know, didn't think we were as great as we were. Because of that page, so that was a good lesson.
1: No, that totally makes sense. And I want to touch back a little bit of what you said earlier, where design. Do you feel like now design is such an important part of SEO, such as navigation, user experience? I remember back then, like you could have a website that was poorly designed and still rank well. But I feel like now, especially with like SaaS startups, their designs are perfect, like really nice and cartoony, <laughs> really nice and pastel. What are your thoughts on? design as in general for conversions and SEO?
2: Yeah. So obviously Google's algorithm isn't, you know, their bots aren't searching a site and saying, yes, I can tell that this site is designed nice, but they're using other metrics to kind of infer how good the user experience is. So the biggest thing is when you're ranking for a term and you're on page one, it's becoming increasingly clear to a lot of SEOs that the click-through rate matters a lot and the bounce rate. So that's something Google can easily measure. So if, if they search, for example, Facebook ads agency, they click your website and then they bounce right back. They're going to know that you're only there for like a second or two. So that's where design matters because you want them to feel like they made it to the right place. They're going to get their question answered. This is what they were looking for. So design really matters there. And that's where also other things matter too, like your copy, because you want to make sure that you're saying the right things and having the right message to them. That especially applies to your meta titles. So that People are when they see your listing in the search results, they click yours.
1: No, yeah, exactly. I think right now, I think having a nicely designed website is like you have to be on par now in order to compete. Like, nobody wants to look at ugly stuff because stuff is so designed now. Maybe 10 years ago, it didn't matter, but now people are just so used to like visually appealing apps, visually appealing. The Facebook just looks visually appealing. So, like, they want stuff that looks clean and nice versus like back then, where it's just like really poorly static tables and really bad images. Yeah. There was a big SEO update like last week or this week. Yeah. your thoughts on that update and sort of
2: how did it affect you guys? Are you seeing any changes? I didn't see any changes from, I guess, our rankings perspective, but I think the biggest change that's going to affect at least RevealBot is the way that they redesigned the search engine result pages. So you know how they added those icons to each URL listing. It's harder to see which one is an ad and which one's not. Um, but I think the biggest thing is If you, you know what featured snippets are?
1: Yep. Yeah, I guess guess for our listeners, I know what it is, but for our listeners, can you just explain to them maybe what they are?
2: Yeah. So it's like, it's a quick answer to a search. So Google will scrape one of the sites and put out their content right on the search engine result page. So to help people get their questions answered and without having to click out of Google, so it's kind of, you know, some people have a bad feeling about that cuz it sounds like or feels like Google's scraping your site, stealing your content and putting it on their site kind of thing. But if you're able to get that snippet, you're I guess the you get a much bigger awareness in the search and result page of of the keyword that you're searching for. So for example, if you searched how to scale Facebook ads, we got the featured snippet on that, we're number 1, and that's great. But one of the biggest changes is they used to have the featured snippet all big front and center. And then below that, they would have your website in a normal looking list and they removed that. So now it's just our big feature and then it's other websites below. And so I hope that doesn't confuse people and think that the big thing is an ad or something or might not be relevant or, or whatnot, and they might click something else. So that remains to be seen. It's obviously still new. So we'll see what happens. but. I think that the click through rate on the search engine result page is a huge indicator to Google how relevant your website is to that person's search intent. That's
1: probably for our listeners. I guess today is january twenty third twenty twenty That is probably one of the biggest things that's people are talking about in the SEO sphere. Every blog is talking about it. every SEO blogger is talking about it. every SEO tweeter is talking about it. and exactly kind of what you said. I'm also kind of interested in seeing what's happening because exactly what you said it's like those informational queries are interesting because it's really those kind of like how to scale facebook ads the ones that you have like mm-hmm. if if the full answer is on there they'll never go to your website and now you're just hoping that they remember where they got the answer from because they, they could yeah. be like oh yeah google told me this and it's like not really it was actually real that wrote the content right yeah. so that can be tricky to users especially because like google has such a high brand trust so they could be like oh now google's writing their own content but in reality exactly what you said they're scraping your data they're scraping your content right exactly. I, I think it's just something uh, that we're going to see too because when it was like when you had the when you had that feature snippet and you had the link that was awesome because you pretty much got two two spots on the rankings yep and but now it's it's so much tougher another question about the those featured snippets are you guys like optimizing for them is that something that users can do maybe you might not want it is it something that you guys optimize for or should listeners be optimizing for that?
2: Yeah, so you definitely want it. Even if you might get reduced click-through rates, I still think you're going to have higher click-through rates than if you were in second place. And Google does recognize that those are the best websites for that query, right? They're going to try and make sure that you're getting the benefit. Or I should say they're going to try and make sure that their user is getting the right benefit by highlighting your website appropriately. So. You're on Google's side if you do try and get those featured snippets, if you do try and help make their experience for their users better. So we definitely try and go for it. And you definitely can optimize your site to increase your chances of being featured. There's also tricks you can do to not reveal everything that you want in that featured snippet. So for example, I think Google shows when there is like a list, Google only shows up to eight, the first eight points in the list. So you could write your copy or or write your list to have more than eight. It'll show like an ellipses with like a more or something on there. So it it kind of helps increase click-through rates from there. So you don't reveal everything in the featured snippet. But yeah, you definitely can. So what you want to do is first know that Google does provide a featured snippet for a search result. So I don't know if there's one for like Facebook ads agency. But for example, for how to scale Facebook ads, like anything with like a how-to, will typically have a featured snippet. And it'll usually be like a step-by-step list, how to do something. And mm-hmm. so what, what you do is you have a title, usually in an H2 tag, and you would say how to scale Facebook ads, or I think we have like in, in this guide, how to scale Facebook ads or something like that. And then immediately follow that with the list, make it really easy for Google's bots to scan your content. And so that's one of the things I always like to do in, in SEO and with my content is to help Google help me rank my site and scan my site and find all the value in my content.
1: I oh, know that totally makes sense. And for you guys with these featured snippets, it looks like you guys are definitely optimizing for them. How do you know when you get them? Do you get notified? Does Google tell
2: you? How does somebody know? Yeah. Google doesn't tell you, you don't get notified, but you can just check the the keyword and we use a, an SEO tool called Ahrefs, and it will tell you in, in their rankings tracker if you have the snippet or not. So we okay. keep track of it that way. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Ahrefs. Yeah. So basically Ahrefs is like an SEO tool. Do you guys use any
2: other tools like Moz or SEMrush or anything like that? No, we just stick with HRFs. I think a lot of people love to complicate SEO and I don't think it's that complicated. Ahrefs does everything extremely well and you really don't need any other tool. You know, unless you're doing really advanced SEO for really big sites, I think that's pretty much all most people will ever need.
1: Yeah. I think exactly what you said. I think for most people, businesses that probably going to have maybe less than 10,000 pages, you just really need one tool. I think if you're an enterprise website that has millions of pages, then maybe you need like one of those really complex, like basically like enterprise version of Screaming Frog, but anything below 10K, I think you should be fine. And like most people are just overcomplicating it too.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's some things that are really cool. Like Nike, I think uses this tool called Bright Edge, I think it's called, Mm -hmm. and they will keep track of, like anytime you make a change to like a product listing, Bright Edge will record that change and measure how the change in like your search results or the change in your clicks to that page and then notify you of those things. So like when you do have those 10,000 pages and it's impossible to manage, there's tools like Bright Edge that can tell you what your changes did and what was the effect of them. But most people just need a Yeah,
1: it's like a great tool. Okay, perfect. And then for you guys, how do you sort of ranking? Like, is that sort of, does does Ahrefs tell you? Like, does you sort of, how do you guys think about ranking on Google? Since is it just pure content or, and, and, and another question besides that is like, how do you find out what content to write?
2: We have it structured where every page on our website, the main website and the blog, is targeting a specific keyword that no other page on our site is. So we try and limit, if there's more than one page targeting the same keyword or like they're about the same topic. We combine those or we delete one of them. And so every single page on our site is is going after a specific keyword, you know, except things like, you know, there's always just pages that you have that are, that you're not going to try and rank, but most pages will have a target keyword. Yeah. And then what we do is we take all those target keywords and we put them in a tool like Ahrefs to track our rankings with those. We make sure that the right URL is being ranked for that keyword. Um, and then we track our changes from there. So I have a, I use a Google spreadsheet. And I, I use, um, Google add-ons to automatically pull a Google analytics report in there. And then I just upload a CSV report from HRS of our rankings every week. And it will tell me how each page is doing. What's the bounce rate for each page? What's their ranking? And when, um, I have to manually add when the last updated date was, and if it was like over 60 days ago and it hasn't, it's not ranking high enough, then I'll just have It flag like improve this page or something and that's how i kind of keep track of all the keywords for
1: keyword ranking and keyword tracking are you using ahrefs too or some sort of other tracker okay
2: yeah like i'm huge on seo i love seo and i think it's one of the best ways to acquire customers especially because it scales and it's cheap but even for someone like me i only have the cheapest Ahrefs plan. Um, we don't really need to be checking our rankings every single day because it does fluctuate. So we ha- run the plan that only gives us new data every week and that's fine. Yeah, I mean Ahrefs is like a great tool but it's also super expensive. <laughs> so. It is super expensive and there's so much information in there, people can get caught up in trying to make everything just so perfect. And I just think that's kind of the wrong way to go. I think your time is much better spent on content. Yeah, we also check Google Search Console. So I- that's one thing I do check every day maybe like four times a day (laughs) just because i love seeing the number of organic clicks we're getting yeah that's the best tool to to check organic traffic increases and what keywords are actually bringing in traffic to your site yeah i think i think you
1: mentioned a good point so you can check google search console much quicker now but because it's now more real time than ever before. I think about maybe like six months ago, it was like really, it was delayed, right? A few weeks or a week or two. But now it's like, yeah, now it's
2: like, now it's sort of real time. Yeah, I think the delay is like 24 hours, 12 hours or something. I think it updates every 12 hours or so based on what I've seen. But yeah, I love checking that. That has the best information, actionable data for me.
1: Yeah, no, uh, Search Console is amazing. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And then, One question I have for you is it looks like you're really into SEO. Like you kind of know a lot of stuff about SEO. You know what's going on. You keep up with the trends. How did you go about learning this and sort of how should someone learn about SEO that maybe a lot of our listeners are just e-commerce and really focused on Facebook ads, but how should someone think about learning SEO and applying that to their sort of their business? Yeah,
2: That's a great question. I actually got started in SEO on the wrong foot. I, I was super into the black hat game and affiliate marketing. That's actually how I got into into marketing. I loved building my own websites and then I found out or I wanted to learn how to rank your website in Google and I found affiliate marketers talking about all these different tricks you can do to rank your website. And so I got into the whole private blog network thing, buying links and, and I built up pretty successful affiliate marketing websites, you know, monetized through Amazon Associates. But because of all these black hat techniques that definitely did work like they say, you know, Google's always updating their algorithm because they don't want to show low quality sites to their users. And so they filter out all these bad websites, the updates are always, you know, coming and they're always coming for people who are doing black hat techniques. And so, you know, those sites got banned, they got de-indexed from Google, and I lost all the the income from those sites. <laughs> yeah. so I had to learn the hard way that it's just better long term, especially for a business that you want to keep for a long time, or that you're, a company that you're working for, to just do things white hat. And like I said, help Google help you. That means making sure your website has the proper structured data. So you can just search like um, structured data tool and Google has one that will tell you you know, how your structured data is. And that that's the all the stuff that helps you rank in like, I think all Google Shopping's paid. I don't know if there's any organic shopping. That's the stuff that's gonna help you show up in search engine results, right? It'll help improve your chances of, of being in featured snippets. And anything else in the future because that's just how google reads your website and it determines what is what Um, making sure your website's fast having a low bounce rate good content this is all stuff that you everyone's going to tell you just don't try and cheat the algorithm just try and follow you know what google says and you will be fine in the long term so just don't worry about all that stuff and just follow google's guidelines
1: yeah no exactly Um, there's definitely some like tweaks you could do to sort of improve those but yeah like i said like if you have a great design website, if you have the content that people want to read, you're going to get those metrics. And the reason why it's also, I'm not sure if you touched around this, but like with Google, every sort of vertical is different. So you could be reading an article saying, Hey, you need like a 20% bounce rate or, but then that could be for like the finance industry. But for like, let's say our marketing industry, it could be like 80%. So then you're reading advice from people that are, might not be with what you're selling. Like, dentistry items, right? So a lot of the stuff that you're reading online too is like kind of based on someone's personal experience. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's worth really trying it yourself and then not really getting too caught up with the numbers. And the reason I say that is because that's also happens with Facebook ads. We're like, oh, like I read an article that you should get 20X row ads. But I'm like, this article is from like 2013 and also like this person's selling like a $10,000 item. Like that's very different than
2: you selling like that $80 item and it's 2020 where stuff is more expensive. Yeah, one thing I will say though and I I think this is a question I didn't answer of yours is, is talking about like how do you know what keywords to go after? This is the part of SEO I think that really matters regardless of you're doing white hat or black hat and that's knowing, you know, what the right keywords are to go after. So what I like to do the easiest thing to do especially because, you know, most businesses are are not unique, there's always going to be a competitor is just to take your competitor and put them in a tool like Ahrefs, and you can search all the keywords that they're ranking for all the all the keywords that their blog content is ranking for, and you can get a lot of great ideas, but basically you know you just kind of take a step back from your customer's point of view, and so like if you're an agency the people are obviously going to be you want to build out your your structure so that you start at the very bottom, like what are the most buyer intent keywords? So like Facebook ad agency might be one of the most bottom or one of the ones at the bottom, because it's someone searching for an agency. They might've already identified that they want to age that they want to work with an agency and they're just looking to find the right one. So you want to show up when someone's searching for that. And then you can just go up from there. Like this podcast, for instance, it might be at the very top teaching people how to do Facebook ads. And then you might talk about some of the success you've had with your customers. And then you can, you know, lead them down the path of, if you want to, you know, be better at Facebook ads, that's great, here's some content, or you can also go the agency route and you can choose me. So there's always that funnel of content. And so I always start at the bottom mm-hmm. and start with the keywords or the search queries that are most likely gonna lead to people starting a free trial or buying the product or you know filling out a demo form. And then I move up from there because if you're targeting always like these top keywords with lots of search traffic, what are you gonna do with them when they get there? you have a lower chance of converting them. So I always start with the small search volume keywords and build those out and then go for the higher volume ones.
1: No, yeah, exactly. And also it kind of goes back to what you said earlier. I think you're sort of getting, even with like low volume keywords, it doesn't mean that they're not converting keywords. I think a lot of people sometimes confuse the volume with the conversion rate as well. Like a keyword can have maybe a hundred search volumes a month, but that could be a keyword that actually converts for you versus a keyword that has like 10,000 search volume a month and doesn't convert at all. So that's something to consider too when you're sort of doing these sort of keyword research. And also because a a lower search volume is just sometimes easier to rank for. A question I have for you, Reggie, is sort of, what are some white hat tactics that you guys are using right now at Reveal? Sort of like, you know, get links or get rankings essentially for new pages that you make.
2: Yeah, so the, the most important thing is to use your keyword research, right? So although Google doesn't necessarily talk about this too much, what you want to do is making sure that you're using your keyword multiple times in headings on your page and in the body content and synonyms. So that's, I think, is super important to, to ranking. This is great because it's, it's all stuff that's in your control. It's not relying on doing sending out hundreds of emails a month to try and get backlinks, um, which is really hard, especially if you're a one-man marketer. So that's one of the things that you can do. And just real quick, back to learning about SEO Brian Dean with Backlinko has great on page SEO content guides to help people learn all this stuff, and so does HRS. Their, their own blog is really great. But what you can do with uh, existing content or with new pages is making sure that you have the right outline where you're including, you're able to include the keyword and synonyms of that keyword inside the heading tags, because that's super important to Google. And so making sure that you're following the correct document heading structure where you have one H1, then you have H2s, and then you have H3s and you're never going out of order is really great because it helps, again, you're helping Google help you. So that's one of the things I always do is start with the outline first. So if you have like a freelance writer who's helping or you're even doing it yourself, always start with the outline and write in those headings for them. Bold the keywords in the title so that they know that that's what's most important in that title and they can kind of massage the the keyword or the words before and after it to fit how they want to write. But that's one of the most important things you can do in terms of content. And then also making sure that your your word count is a good amount. So I typically like to write my blog posts to be between 1500 to 2500 words. And I know it's a lot. But people like to skim articles, it's not like they're going to read every single word. So that's another reason why it's important to have those headings because people can skip so like we have a table of contents where people can skip to certain parts of the, of the article to find exactly what they're looking for.
1: No, exactly. And yeah, the structure is so important of an article and of the whole website. Basically, like you talked about structure before, it's so important just getting the core structure right because then this is sort of what you're going to be basing off your other pages. If your structure is right, Google is really, that's what it's looking for. It's saying, like, hey, we told you we want this and just you know, follow it. And the structure makes sense. Yeah. And also just having like a great, um, like, like table um, Contents of the table is also pretty helpful and helps you readers out with like just jumping around the article Especially when you're writing like these sort of longer articles People sometimes may not want to read that intro or just want to go to that specific part but also because Similar to when you were what you're saying about the featured snippet Or the informational snippet is sometimes Google will just pick a section of that table of content and rank that as well
2: Yeah that's exactly what happens to us too. I think that's what's actually happening in the how to scale Facebook ads article.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like all that stuff is like super helpful. Okay, perfect. And I guess the last question that we have for you today, Reggie, is sort of how is your team measuring success with SEO? Like SEO isn't overnight, something like Facebook ads, you know, where you're running paid traffic and you're seeing the conversions. How do you guys think about this as a team? How do you think about it yourself? And also how does your, maybe your boss see, Hey, what, are, what we're doing is working.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And honestly, a, a question that a lot of marketers are still asking today because it is it's really difficult to track to fully understand and track the ROI of content marketing and SEO. So sometimes there are direct measurements to measure it. So for example, you can look at like in analytics, if you have it set up, filter bar organic search and see how many, you know, led to how many sessions led to purchases or or new accounts or whatever. And you can measure that. And that's pretty easy to measure and get the ROI from. But what you're missing from measuring it that way only is all the type of funnel content that people come to your site and get familiar with your brand or get introduced to your brand, but don't convert in that session. And then they'll come back later, maybe directly or just searching your brand name. And then your, you know, your long tail keyword or content that you wrote won't get any credit in that scenario unless you have like a really advanced, you know, tracking system infrastructure set up. There are some ways, advanced ways, you can set up Google Analytics to kind of measure that. And I think they just came out with an attribution thing that's in beta right now. But what we typically look at is there's a report that you can find. I think it's under behavior, site content, and it's called landing pages. If you just search landing pages, you'll Mm -hmm. find it. And that's basically a report that tells you by the first URL In the session that they visited so what was the first page that they landed on in the session so we pull up that report filter only by organic search and then we can see exactly how people are coming to our site and then we can infer from there what keywords are the ones that are impacting that because there's only certain keywords that that url ranks for so we can kind of determine from there what keywords are are helping our business by the page url because google analytics doesn't show the exact keywords so Luckily, our founders understand this, and so I don't have to try and convince them <laughs> that yeah. we have to show direct ROI for everything, but we measure it directly through the landing page report, and then we also measure it just kind of indirectly by how much our content is being seen, our just growth of organic traffic, how long people are staying on our site, and you know stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think exactly, like SEO and content marketing, it's got to be an initiative that either the company needs to understand or the person spearheading the project needs to understand, but it's, if you're doing it right and you're doing everything white hat, you're going to see traffic. It just definitely going to take time. And that's something that I think like, you know, businesses need to just understand. It's not like paid where you put in a dollar and you can get like two or $3 back.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yep. Okay. Reggie, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Just sort of, I just want you to really mention, mention a little bit about RevealBot again, and then that, that way users can kind of know maybe about your website. And then also, where can they go and contact you and maybe get in touch with you about SEO, or even if they want to know maybe more about Reveal itself?
2: Yeah. So RevealBot again, is, uh, it's a tool to help you automate a lot of things that you already do in Facebook ads. And what that's going to do is help you do things a lot faster and 24-7 because automation works 24-7, even when you're in front of the computer or not. And so what that helps people do is increase the ROI of their campaigns, increase the ROAS. It helps them scale campaigns by increasing the budgets automatically during certain events. It's like automated rules on steroids. And if anyone is trying to scale a campaign, you should definitely check out Revealbot or just automation in general because it's really going to help you out. So again, agencies love this because they can spend less time managing accounts. And that means that they can have account managers manage, more of their accounts and decrease overhead. And people on the brand side love it too because they can scale their campaigns much quicker um, with a lean team and um, spend more money and meet their targets. So yeah, check out our site if you haven't heard about us or if you want to see how I'm doing SEO at RevealBot. We're building out a blog at reviewbotcom blog. And you can see all the, the content and, and uh, take a look at our content strategy. You know, one of the things I actually forgot to mention, too, was one of the things that you can do to quickly improve your the SEO on your site is to make sure that you're optimizing your old and thin content. So like if you have old blog posts or things that just are um, really small on content and they're not getting any traffic, just improve them or delete them because they they could be hurting your site actually. So the average, I guess they call it like URL rating and address each, each SEO tool has their own thing that they call it but the average seo value of each page is really important so if you have lots of pages that are kind of dead that's that could be hurting your site and just deleting those can instantly improve your rankings so you'll see on our blog that we try and have made all of our blog posts super long there's not really any that are super short there's still uh, some that we're working on to to get there but you can kind of see what we're doing there and yeah check us out we have a free trial too so if you wanted to try Revealbot. You can try it two weeks free, no credit card required. And if you want to uh, learn more about SEO, check out our content strategy or you can follow me on Twitter, just at RegPack, at R-E-G-P-A-Q.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Reggie. And like I said before, we love RevealBot, so everybody should check it out, even if it's just to even look at their content or maybe learn a little bit about Facebook ads. Reggie, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks,
2: Kevin. Thank you so much. This was great.
0: This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fast Lane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.